Welcome to Faith and Family, a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. And now from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Faith and Family. Thank you for joining us today as I'm ready to launch into a brand new series that we're going to be doing together. The series is entitled Grace and Justification, and basically this series is kind of a companion to a new book I've just completed, and it's published, it's on Amazon, by the same title, Grace and Justification. So why are we doing this? Well, we are very quickly rolling up to the 500th anniversary of the Protestant Reformation on October 31st. And you know, if you're ever looking for an opportunity to share the Catholic faith with a Protestant friend, family member who may have left the church, uh, you know, you have a perfect opportunity with the 500th anniversary. All you have to say is something like, is your church doing anything for the 500th anniversary of the Reformation? You know, is there a new preaching series? I just uh, spoke with Steve Ray last week. There are groups, uh, Protestant groups, touring Germany where Martin Luther lived. So, rather than trying to create a good dialogue, uh, topic of conversation from scratch, the 500th anniversary is a prime opportunity, and I'm urging Catholics not to sit out um, (laughs) this opportunity. And if you don't know what to do at all regarding the whole topic of grace and justification, we're going to be talking a lot about it in the next few episodes. But Listen, try to follow along in your Bible, and uh, get a copy of Grace and Justification and simply pass it along to your Protestant friend. And say, you know, if you have any questions about it, share it with your pastor and get his feedback. And the reason I mention that is that I was a Protestant evangelical pastor. I was an evangelical pastor and youth pastor who led Catholics out of the church. And there was one main reason why I led them out of the church, and that's the topic of these broadcasts. It was justification. So this is a topic, and that's the reason I wrote the book, Grace and Justification, because myself as an evangelical, I was ignorant of what the Catholic Church taught regarding how are we saved? Is it something that we do through our unaided efforts, or is it something entirely due to the grace of God? I had the Catholic faith wrong. And then in addition, so many Catholics I met uh, reinforced my erroneous beliefs. So this is really a time, this is a prime time, because we're not going to be alive. No one listening to my voice right now is going to be alive for the next 500th anniversary of the Reformation. It's time to bring it to rest, and hence that's why we're doing this. And I want to bring it right home to the family as well, because I can't imagine there's anyone listening to my voice right now who's a lifelong Catholic who doesn't have some really good friends, maybe co-worker, and even family members, extended family members, who have left the Catholic Church for what appears to be greener pastures in evangelical, charismatic, or Pentecostal churches. And again, I was on the receiving end of that. Uh, I was a pastor 
in a couple of churches that uh, received quite a few Catholics, and I'm trying to reverse that flow. So that, hence, we're, we're doing this today. There's another reason I want to do this series in that Jesus said something that I think is immensely important for the 21st century, and it's this. Jesus said, and because wickedness is multiplied, most men's love will grow cold. Now, you might be a Catholic parent. You might even be a Catholic homeschooling parent. Ah, that doesn't apply to us. You know, when Jesus says something so solemnly, we shouldn't just skip over it and say, well, that's not going to apply to me. He said, because wickedness is multiplied, and I don't think I need to take 30 minutes to try to reinforce that wickedness is multiplying, and it seems to be doing so at an increasing rate, and we're seeing enormous amounts of dropouts, particularly young Catholic adults and older teens. And I think you're going to find in this series one of the prime ways is to keep young people in the faith and encouraged and equipped and energized by God's grace for the challenges they're facing in the 21st century. Now, what I'd like to really single on today is really something that has grown out of being a Catholic radio host for the past several years, and it's this. I have heard countless apologetic questions asked of myself and in the other host, and, you know, I fully agree that Catholics should equip themselves to be able to defend the faith. We're encouraged to do so by Scripture itself. But here's my fear. I fear that we may be diluting our effectiveness by focusing on a multitude of secondary topics. You know, the questions that we'll be dealing with in this series, and today is just getting started on grace and justification— These are the prime apologetic questions. Now, I told you that uh, as a Protestant youth pastor and pastor, I led Catholics out of the church. Now, while I was a Protestant pastor, I did not at all agree with calling priests father. But you know what? I never attempted to lead Catholics out of the church because of it. Now, why do you call priest father, of course, is a prime apologetics question. I'm not saying you don't want to answer that or even ask that question, but I think we need to direct our questions to those things which are fundamental. Let me give you another one. Um, I was extremely uncomfortable with religious statues in Catholic sanctuaries and homes, but my discomfort never prompted me to lead anyone away from Catholicism. You're getting this? And in other words, if you want to focus your apologetics efforts, try to find what's really causing people to leave the church or what's causing Protestants to try to draw Catholics out of the church. And here's probably the toughest one. It's, it's uh, the Blessed Virgin Mary, which is very difficult for Protestants to try to understand. And yet, as a Protestant pastor, I came to believe that the that Mary was the greatest woman who ever lived by using the Bible. So Mary wasn't the reason I tried to draw Catholics out of the church. There was one fundamental reason 
over and over again, just one reason. And that was the question regarding justification that I thought the Catholic Church had wrong. So let's say you want to become an effective apologist, but you know you can't do this full time. You're taking care of your family, you're taking care of your car, you're taking care of your job, whatever you're doing, you're a busy person, so you can't devote yourself to become a full-time apologist, so what do you do? What if you devoted your time over the next few months to be able to answer one question? Rather than becoming an expert on 25 questions, which you really can't become an expert in, When someone asks you, why do Catholics call priest father? Now, that's an easy apologetics question, but what if you just said, you know, I don't know that one, but I'll get back to you. And what if they asked you about having statues and sanctuaries, and you just simply said, I'm not sure about that, but I'll get back to you. But let me tell you about justification and grace in the Catholic faith. Now, first of all, a Protestant will be shocked if you as a Catholic want to talk about that topic, because that's the central topic. That's where the rub is. And just let me just give you a practical example. I happen to know of a Catholic soldier that was talking to his evangelical chaplain, and his chaplain was thinking of uh, kind of moving on from an evangelical church setting to a more historic part of the church, and he was thinking of becoming an Anglican. And this Catholic soldier said to his chaplain, well, why not Catholic? And a chaplain said, justification. In other words, here is a man already thinking in a higher church setting, searching for the historic church, but something is keeping the Catholic faith off his radar, and that's justification. So that's where we really, really want to focus. Now, let me come and ask you again that ultimate question that I have asked several times on this broadcast. And now you know why I'm asking this question all the time, because it goes to the heart of grace and justification. And it's a question that you not only need to ask yourself right now, but you also need to ask your children, the members of your youth group, your CCD classes. And the question is this, what is the primary reason God should let you into heaven? What's the primary reason? And for 20 years as an evangelical, including a decade as a pastor and a few more years as a youth pastor and leading Catholics out of the church, there is one primary reason why I attempted to lead Catholics out of the church, and it was out of concern for their souls, because I was taught and I believe that the Catholic Church denied that justification or our salvation was by God's grace. You see, for 20 years, every Catholic I asked, every single one I asked, confirmed the error of my beliefs. I asked them on what ultimate basis they hoped to be granted entrance into heaven. And every Catholic answered the primary reason was because of something he or she did or didn't do. There was no mention of a faith dependence on God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, or the grace of God. Now, the catechesis these Catholics had been given never informed them that to trust in oneself for salvation, ultimately the primary reason to trust in oneself for salvation, in other words, the thing was, I tried to be a good person, I tried to attend Mass faithfully, I tried, you know, if you were the subject 
And you could have you as a subject like, I believe in Jesus or I believe in God's mercy with God as the direct object. But when it's you, you, and you, what you have done is embraced a religion that's the very opposite of the Christian faith. You've embraced a false religion and a counterfeit belief of the first order. And if you think I'm too strong on this, St. Paul himself says in his letter to the Galatians, both in chapter 1 and chapter 3, he says, you know, by depending upon the law, in other words, the self-generated efforts to please God, if you're doing that, you've embraced, quote, a different gospel, unquote. And then he says later, you've embraced another gospel, unquote. And he goes on to say that relying on your own efforts places that person under a curse. This is the strongest language in the New Testament. And it all has to do with, is our justification or our salvation primarily due to God and his beloved grace, or is it, is it up to something we have to do to please God in order that he accepts us. Now, somebody's going to say, oh, yeah, but we have to do some stuff. Yes, those are called good works. They're not the works of the law, but here's how it works. There's only one verse you need to know for this, one verse. If you know this one verse, you can answer the one question, and you can then defend the one topic that's causing 500 years of hemorrhage from the Catholic faith, one verse. 1 John 4.19, and you might want to write this one down, and if you're not driving, underline it in your Bible. 1 John 4.19 says, we love because he first loved us. And if you get this order wrong, you have embraced a different gospel. You are believing in something that is not the Christian faith. We love. We do the works of love in response to his love, which is the primary reason we are saved by grace. Our love is a response to him loving us. Now, I've mentioned this before, but it really hit me. I was with a very large church out in California in my early days as a young adult and working in youth ministry with a church called Calvary Chapel, and it's a very vibrant a collection depot for Catholics who have left the Catholic Church. And I was out in California for a Catholic men's conference. I was listening to Calvary Chapel Radio, and there were two pastors on. One was a even, lifelong evangelical. The other was a cradle Catholic who had converted to the evangelical Protestant faith and now a minister with Calvary Chapel. And they were talking about this very topic. How do we, how are we saved? What does it do to something we do or something God in Christ has done and applies to us through the Holy Spirit and the sacraments? And the evangelical, lifelong evangelical said, I dare say if we asked a Catholic this, that nine out of 10 would say something that I do. And the cradle Catholic said, oh no, no. It would be 10 out of 10 Catholics would answer incorrectly and that's believing in a different gospel. Now, that's an exaggeration, but Pew Research has come up with the numbers somewhere between two-thirds and three-quarters of Catholics aren't answering the ultimate question correctly, and thus, no matter if they have a hundred apologetic questions downloaded to their phone in some app and can answer all the secondary questions, they can't get this one right. They will get absolutely nowhere with a Protestant evangelical. 
Okay, this is the primary reason, and we have to focus on it. So now, somebody and people have said this to me: "Oh, you're just saying that because you're an evangelical convert to Catholicism." Well, I am, and actually, I don't repudiate being an evangelical. I consider myself an evangelical Catholic. Oh, well, that's why you're talking like you are. No, I'm talking like I am because section one nine nine six of the Catechism of the Catholic Church needs to be memorized by anyone who wants to get halfway to first base in apologetics. Again, this is the primary uh, apologetics question and answer. How are we justified or how are we saved by God? What's ultimately this due to? And section 1996, just think of something important of what was going on in 1996. I don't know what you're going to come up with, but section 1996 says this, our justification is by the grace of God. That's the catechism of the Catholic Church. That's St. Paul. That's the Catholic faith, 2,000 years old. And to reverse that and say our justification is by something I've done or didn't do is to embrace a different gospel, to stifle the Holy Spirit operating in your life, and become a horrible apologist and witness for the Catholic faith. This one has to be put forward straight up. Our justification is by the grace of God. That section goes on and says grace is favor and the free and undeserved help that God gives us to respond to his call and become children of God. After that, we can begin to do stuff, but that's because he's made us his children. That's because he's given us his grace. That's because he's empowered us with his spirit. But it depends on God's mercy. Two sections further forward in the Catechism, 1998. That first one was 1996. That's one you want to memorize. It's very important. 1998 says, the vocation to eternal life is supernatural. That means you didn't do it. Next sentence says, it depends entirely on God's gratuitous initiative. In other words, it depends 100% on God's grace, for he alone can reveal and give himself. Now, saying that you want to uh, make your primary dependence on something you do or didn't do is like this. Imagine the two of us are out in the backyard. It's a nice afternoon. We're having a cookout. And I said to you, you know, you might have been a high jumper in college, let's say. I says, okay, if I count to three, can you try to jump to the moon? Well, you would look at me like I'm crazy. Well, I would be. But trying to obtain justification by your own unaided efforts is a more insane effort than trying to jump up with your own steam and reach the moon. It's far more difficult to obtain justification than it is to jump on your own effort and touch the moon. And yet, for 20 years, people were trying to jump up and touch the moon. Catholics were. And that's why I tried to lead them out of the church. When I was coming in the church, my bishop appointed a priest to work with our family. And uh, our 
basic curriculum was we asked questions and he either gave us answers or collected information for answers, but he knew my primary question was relating to justification. As a Catholic church teach that salvation is by grace. At the time, the catechism of the Catholic church wasn't in existence and how I wish it was because section 1996, our justifications by the grace of God is exactly what I needed to hear. And then 1998, it depends entirely on God's gracious initiative. We love, why? 1 John 4, 19, because he first loved us. You get that reversed and you're no longer believing in something called the Christian faith. This is another gospel. And, and you know, there is never, never going to be a healing between particularly evangelical Protestants and Catholics until this one gets settled. And unfortunately, I've been trying to keep track of a lot of the literature and the books coming out in light of the 500th anniversary of the Reformation. And this error, how evangelicals regard Catholics, is not going away. And so evangelicals don't know what Catholics believe. And Catholics don't know what Catholics are supposed to believe, so they can't be the witness. So I, again, urge you, if you really want to be an apologist, focus on one primary question. If, you know, once that's accomplished and you have that under your belt, so to speak, then go to other questions, but keep this one front and center. Pope Francis said something in his apostolic exhortation, The Joy of the Gospel, and he, he, this is sections 38 and 39, and it's worth listening to. He, he goes, first, it needs to be said that in preaching the gospel, and not only preaching the gospel, I would just say for parents, you want to, your primary teachers of your children for the faith, Catholic teachers, and especially teen chastity speakers, okay, there needs to be a fitting sense of proportion, this would be seen in the frequency with which certain themes are brought up and the emphasis given to them in preaching. For example, the imbalance results when we speak more about law than about grace. And I dare say the worst, and I plead guilty in my past as well, the worst are teen chastity speakers. Why? They're talking about law, 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 law. In other words, don't do this, do this, do, don't do this, and it's everything you do. No. Chastity education needs to be a grace burger, so to speak. Okay, you got the top bun, and you talk about grace. We love. We obey. We do the good things and keep all Ten Commandments, including the ones related to chastity. Why? Because he first loved us. Why does he love us? It's undeserved. God's love is unlike anything you can experience in the universe because he has love within himself to bestow on the undeserving. You're undeserving. I'm the undeserving. We're all undeserving, but God is gracious. That's chastity talk A. Now, the middle part, you might say the middle part of the grace burger, you have the good works. And the good works aren't just one commandment. They're all 10. And it's loving our neighbor and loving God. Why do we love God? Because he first loved us. And if we keep 
a faith in the love that God has for us, he will bestow his Holy Spirit upon us to enable us to love him back. Okay, so that's the middle of the chastity talk. Okay, the good works that are empowered by grace. And just in case we might lose sight of the big fact because we want to keep things in proper proportion and proper frequency, we'll mention grace again because that's the missing ingredient of what's going on. Catholic evangelism, Catholic catechesis, um, well, Catholic spiritual formation, youth groups, chastity talks. And it goes on in the next section and says, when preaching is faithful to the gospel, the centrality of certain truths is evident. Grace, good works, empowered by grace. And just in case you forget, let's talk about grace again. And again, the joy of the gospel says, before all else, the gospel invites us to respond to the God who saves us. And it goes on to say, this is section 39, if you have moral teaching apart from the grace of God, it risks becoming a house of cards. In other words, it collapses and young people depart from the faith. It would mean that it is not the gospel which is being preached. This is exactly what St. Paul says in Galatians. It's a different gospel. It's another gospel, but certain doctoral or moral points based on options. So what do we do? Determine the prime cause for losses, for those leaving the church, for greener pastures, for those dropping out of the church, and reverse the prime cause. Let's go back and talk about the love of God. That means justification by grace. And repeat constantly, forcefully, and plainly that our justification is by the grace of God. And then memorize one verse of the Bible, and you can't repeat it enough. 1 John 4:19. We love because he first loved us. You can modify that. We go to heaven because he first loved us. We are justified because he first loved us. This is the timeless and timely 2000-year-old Catholic faith. My new book, Grace and Justification is a available on Amazon, in print, and in Kindle. And I urge you to get a copy for yourself. And please, get a copy for a Protestant friend and pass along the good news of the Catholic faith. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 172 of Faith and Family. Faith and Family is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at dads.org to order copies of Faith and Family broadcasts and to learn more about Catholic family life.